I greet you all in the precious name of Jesus Christ our Lord. We already heard quite a wonderful sermon. And our brother said, pointing to the future. And we are the only people on earth who do have a future. Without Christ, there is no future. And beloved, does, does everybody understand my English? Of course. But I just wish you could have the mic in a little different way. So that I can... I don't think so. I don't think so, brother. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Perfect. No, thank you. Well, anyway, let us make use of the time. And uh, I will just say a few words. And before I do introduce myself, I like to read from Acts, from Acts chapter 26, Acts chapter 26, verse 15, verse from, yeah, maybe from verse 16. But rise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose to make thee a minister and a witness both of these things which thou hast seen and of those things which in which I will appear unto thee, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom I now will send thee to open their eyes, Amen. to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light Amen. and from the power of Satan unto God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them who are sanctified by faith that is in me. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we pray that this service will bear fruit for eternity. We pray, Lord, that your words will be a bright shining light. Lord, I pray that the anointing of the Holy Spirit will rest upon the speaker and upon the whole congregation. Just be with us. Save the lost. Deliver those who are bound. And Lord, give us divine revelation to know your will and give us strength 
Take your weight. We commit all things into your hands and care. In the precious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. You may be seated. I'm going to refer to a number of scriptures as I usually do. My ministry is the ministry to share God's holy word with God's people all over the earth. To let you know just about my background, in 1949 I experienced the grace of God. In 1949, I was born again and filled with the Holy Spirit. From that time, I had a desire to serve the Lord and to show others the way of salvation. And from 1953, I'm actually preaching. And you can imagine there are many, many years in the ministry I look back to. Then in 1955, a man of God from the USA came to Germany and Switzerland. His name was William Branham. And for the first time in my life, I saw Bible days with my own eyes. I became a witness of what Hebrews 13, 8 states and says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. And beloved brothers and sisters, dear friends, it is one thing to refer to the scripture and then just go on in your own ways. And it's a totally different thing to be in a meeting where a man of God takes God at his word. Not only referring to Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, but also to John chapter 14, verse 12, Amen. where our Lord said, the works that I do, Amen. ye shall do Amen. also, and greater works Amen. than these shall ye do. I had the privilege for many years, through the 50s and in the 60s, to meet many of the great and renowned evangelists who actually came out of the revival that God started in 1946 when Brother Branham received a direct and supernatural call from the Almighty. I don't want to mention names, but Brother Branham was the only one who actually referred to John 14, verse 12, and he just simply said, the word is true, God cannot take it back. What he said is true today. And beloved brothers and sisters, 
I saw Bible days with my own eyes. Not only once, not only for a week of meetings, but over and over again in Europe and also in the USA. So I, like the Apostle Paul, was told he would be a minister of the Word, a witness of the things that he has seen. Like the Apostle John, he begins his epistle what our eyes have seen, our ears have heard from the Word of Life, that which our hands have handled, we share with you. And as our brother was uh, preaching before, I just thought if every minister would spend five minutes in hell before he begins to preach, brother and sister, how would we warn the people? How would we say, come to the Lord, come repent and take the Lord as your personal Savior. You all know Luke 16, it's too late to open your eyes when you're lost and down there. Open your eyes now, open your heart now, and be saved all the ends of the earth. Now, my main subject is the return of Christ and the fulfillment of Bible prophecies in our time. And I just have to inform God's people that the time of grace has a beginning and the time of grace will have an end. Amen. And we're not only in the end time, we're at the end of the end time. Amen. And I will show it to you from God's holy word. And we have to acknowledge, and I beg you to take it seriously, that God does all things according to his word. Amen. First, he makes a promise, and then he watches over his word. And when the time of fulfillment comes, the promise is a reality. For example, in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 3, God made the promise that someone would come to prepare the way and make straight the way for our God. Isaiah 40, verse 3. The second promise in Malachi chapter 3, verse 1. I will send my messenger before my face to prepare my way before me. A true man of God does not blow his own trumpet. He does not prepare his own way to start his own church. No, a true man of God prepares the way of the Lord so that God's people can be coming near to the Lord and have their experiences with the Savior. We also heard in a very few words about now I live no more but Christ 
lives in me. It can be a testimony, but if this testimony is not backed up by your personal life, its lips confessing in life might speak a totally different story. So, with this scripture from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, that now, uh, if anybody is in Christ, he is a new creature. You have to go to Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, where the Apostle Paul says, I am crucified with Christ. Now I live no more, but Christ lives his life through me. With this scripture, you must go to Romans this sixth chapter Amen. that we are buried with Amen. Christ in baptism Amen. and therefore raised up to a new life. All these things must become a reality in our lives. Just quickly to the beginning of the New Testament. Beloved, all through the Old Testament from Genesis chapter 3 Verse 15, when the first promise was given that the Savior would come, the seed of God would come through the woman to bruise the serpent's head. Right through all the Old Testament, the promises were given and given and given. Right even to 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 14. I will be father unto him, and he will be son unto me. To Psalms chapter 2, verse 7, Thou art my son, today have I begotten thee. Write to the Psalms, unto Psalms 22, when in verse 1, David in the Spirit cried, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me. Then you go to Matthew 27, our Lord repeating the same words when he was on the cross. Then you go to the promises in reference to the first coming of Christ, his birth, his life, his ministry, his sufferings, his death, his burial, his resurrection, his going to heaven, all was already written in this book, right from beginning to the end. And the four Gospels give us the precise understanding from the birth to the going up to heaven of our Savior. I didn't count, but Dr. Larkin seemed to have counted the promises which were fulfilled and he claims 109 promises were fulfilled at the first coming of Christ. But the teachers of that day missed the day of God's visitation. They've taken the key away. They themselves did not go in and they didn't let the others go into the kingdom of God. So, beloved, I want you to understand the seriousness of God's word 
God's promises and we have to believe the promises first before they can be a reality in our life. Like I already stated, everything promised in God's word in reference to the Savior was fulfilled. If you wish to know about this ministry, read Isaiah chapter 35 verse 5 and 6. If you wish to know about his sufferings, read Isaiah 53. If you wish to know about his resurrection, read Psalms 16, 10 and 11. I will not suffer my Holy One to see corruption, neither leave his soul in hell. All the way through, God watched over his word and fulfilled every promise. Then when the time came and the Lord was about to leave this earth, he made the promise and not only he but also in the Old Testament, God said already through the prophet Joel, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Amen. And when John the Baptist had his sermon, he said, I baptize you with water, but the one that comes after me, he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Our Lord repeats this in Acts chapter 1, when he speaks about the power that we should receive when the Holy Ghost would come upon us. So when the time was fulfilled, God watched over his word Amen. and on the day of Pentecost, heaven opened and the New Testament church came into existence. The price was paid on the cross of Calvary. Amen. The blood was shed. Redemption took place. Amen. God was in Christ Amen. reconciling the world with himself. Amen. Now coming to the subject we read in God's holy word especially in John chapter 14 our Lord says I go to prepare the place Amen. then I will return and I will take you to be where I am. In Luke chapter 24 verse 50 and 51 our Lord blessed his disciples and before their eyes he was taken into glory they fell on their faces worshiping God in Acts chapter 1 verse 11 we are told the same Jesus that was taken from you into heaven will come in the same way as you have seen him going up into heaven then you can go to many scriptures especially 1st Corinthians 15 maybe from verse 51 we shall not all fall asleep but we all shall be changed you can go to 1st Thessalonians chapter 4 
from verse 13 where the apostle speaks about the return of Christ and the dead in Christ will rise first and those who live will be changed and together we shall be taken up to meet the Lord in the air but here is the big problem and we have to deal with it if we are waiting for the changing of our bodies we must make sure that the inside is changed first if the inside is not changed now the outside will not be changed then in the Old Testament God made promises especially in Jeremiah chapter 31 where he says I will make a new covenant I will give you a new heart a new spirit a new life also in the prophet Ezekiel almost the same wording I will make a new covenant I will give you a new heart a new spirit beloved we must make sure and we have to understand God's way of how he does it just like in the natural a birth can only take place if there was a uniting first if a seed is first and the seed is the word of God you you take it to Matthew 13 you take it to Mark chapter 8 you take it to the different scriptures the son of man was sowing the good seed you wish the precise verses Matthew 13 verse 37 and 38 first it was the seed the seed is the word of God Amen. not the story the evangelist tells you that's not enough it must be the word and I tell you why the Savior was the word manifested in flesh the word the word became flesh and dwelt among us and if you wish to take it to John chapter 12 where our Lord speaks about himself in the parable of the grain of wheat he says if the grain of wheat does not fall into the ground and dies it remains alone but when it falls into the ground then it dies and if you see let's say a, a wheat seed you don't yet see the life and the germ of life which is in the seed comes up when the seed itself dies and then the life that is in the seed comes up so and maybe you should write it down and take to heart it's written in James chapter 1 verse 18 born again by the everlasting word of God you can take it to first Peter chapter 1 verse 23 born again by the everlasting word of God I, I want you to know this and to experience it first we are united 
with Christ. We take his word into our soul. And then the germ of life which is in the word as we die with Christ to ourselves. We must die to our own ways, our own thoughts, our own will. We must die to ourselves so that the life which is in the seed can come up. And that is when Christ lives his life through us. Now coming back to the subject about the return of Christ. There were, as I said before, promises for his first coming. And the generation missed it. The generation missed it. He came to his own, and his own received him not. Uh, they were continuing with the services. The music was there. The songs were there, singing. Everything was there. But their eyes were blind. They, they didn't recognize the day of God's visitation. And beloved, let me tell you straight and right now, we have to know God's promised word for this day because the true children of God are chosen from before the foundation of the world. They are the elect ones and this we confirm by believing God and only, only what God said to be straight and straight. I don't believe what church fathers said. I don't believe what Athanasius said or Augustine said or anybody said in the third or fifth or any century. I believe what God says in this holy word. And it's not even enough to go back to the days of Martin Luther or John Wesley or all the other great men in the history of the church. We must go back right to the beginning. And I'd like to read to you at least two verses from the Old Testament to show you how God looks at things in the many denominations. And beloved, you have to understand my situation. In over 42 years, I preached in more than 130 countries. And I don't think there is a denomination I didn't preach in one time in your country many years ago I preached in a Roman Catholic Church on the on a Sunday morning but that's many many years ago but I preached actually in all denominations all over the world but here is the point I cannot speak anything against a church or their teachings because then they would say stop and they would say there is the door just walk out but I have to present the true word of God and therefore I never inquire what the teachings of the church are where I'm going to preach I never inquire about it because I don't want to be any under any influence or uh, handicapped 
I wish to be free to say what God says. And I can feel, I can feel even with the Buddhists, with the, with the Muslims, if you tell them, friend, you are wrong, you are wrong, it hurts. If you, if you talk to a Catholic and say, friend, you're wrong, the way you're, you're moving is the way to destruction. If you speak to the Church of England people, or, or to the Dutch Reformed, or to the Lutherans, or to the Methodists, if you just say, beloved friend, check your ways with the ways of God. Check your teachings with the Word of God. They are hurt, and, and we understand that. We understand that, that people are hurt, but I'd rather be hurt right now and then be healed and then be healed because God sends His Word to heal us. It might hurt for a moment, but in the next moment, it's like an eye salve. It, it will heal. So God does all things for a purpose. From the prophet Isaiah, chapter 42, I'd like to read verse 22. But this is a people robbed and spoiled. They are all of them snared in holes, and they are hidden in prison houses. They are for a prey, and none delivers for a spoil, and none says restore. Now, you might find it strange. Just forgive me. I know I heard you're a free Pentecostal church. God bless you. And, um, but look into the denominations. Are they not be compared with presents? Are the pastors not guards in the prison? All are kept there. They're snared and they're in holes. And, and, and they're, just, they're just in a prison house. And therefore, the word of God must be preached. And here is the word restore. None says restore. But this is precisely what must take place before the Lord returns. There must be a total restoration of all things as it was in the beginning. So the church of the living God must be at the end. So, of course, we understand in all the churches, everybody's satisfied, the salary is good, and the people say amen, and the blessing is being pronounced, and everybody is happy and going home. So nobody would say restore within these ranks, but there has to be a message, a message of restoration, and I'm going to show it to you from the Holy Scriptures. Now you read with me from Isaiah chapter 58. Isaiah chapter 58, verse 12. And they shall be of they shall build the old waste places. Thou shalt raise up the foundations of many generations. And thou shalt be called the repairer 
of the bridge, the restorer, the restorer of the past that you dwell in. I'm not reading from Science or Life magazine. I'm reading from the Holy Word of God. And then if you go to Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1, the promise and prophecy about our Lord Himself. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of prison and the opening of prison to those who are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Beloved brothers and sisters, that is what we have to take now to the New Testament to see what God actually promised. You have the, the two scriptures, please remember them. The scripture of Isaiah chapter 40, verse 3, and also Malachi chapter 3, verse 1, which were fulfilled. You can read it in Matthew chapter 11. You can read it in Mark chapter 1. You can read it in Luke. You can read it in John chapter 1. That John the Baptist was the fulfillment of the two promises in the Old Testament. But now, before the return of Christ and before the grace ends, before the day, the great day of judgment will be the last day, the last day. Maybe I should give you first the scriptures which speak about in the plural about the last days and then in the singular about the last day so that you would have an understanding about the time in which we are now living. Genesis chapter 49 verse 1 and 2 what will be in the last days. Isaiah chapter 2 verse 2 in the last days. Hosea chapter 3 verse 5 in the last days. Then you take Acts chapter 2 verse 17 and compare it with Joel chapter 2 verse 28. And you go to Micah chapter 4 verse 1 and 2 in the last days. And you go to the New Testament in 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 1 in the last days. You go to 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 1 in the last days. You go to James chapter 5 verse 3 in the last days. And now to the two most important scriptures. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 1. God and Sandra times spoke to the fathers by the prophets but in these last days in these last days he spoke to us by his son Christ Jesus and in a go to 2nd Peter chapter 3 verse 3 in 
the last days. So after the last days, plural, there's only one more day left. And you need to go to Second Peter chapter 3, verse 8. One day with the Lord is like a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. So anybody knows it. We had about 2,000 years from Adam to Abraham, about 2,000 years from Abraham to Christ, and now we finished, we finished the period of 2,000 years. Amen. So from Adam, we have 6,000 years behind us, and only according to Revelation chapter 20, we shall reign with Christ a thousand years. There's only one more day left. And then, as we said before, time began and time will end. Eternity never began. Eternity will never end. So before the last day comes, and any Bible reader knows, at the beginning of the last day will be the first resurrection. And that's why the scripture says in Revelation 20, Blessed and holy is he that is part in the first resurrection, for we shall reign with Christ a thousand years. And then in Revelation chapter 20 from verse 11, we have the second resurrection which takes place after the millennial reign would be. But we don't go into these details. I just want you to know, especially the sign of the near coming of the Lord. There are many signs. If you read Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 17, you can go to other scriptures speaking about the end time, even 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. There are many scriptures which speak about the end time. But the main sign, the main sign, are the children of Israel. God scattered Israel through the period of 2,000 years. And I read it to you from the Old Testament at first, from Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 4. Here we have the announcement God made, Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 27. And the Lord shall scatter you among the nations, and ye shall be a few left in number among the nations, where the Lord shall lead you. Then if you go to chapter 30 in Deuteronomy, it's a repetition. The same announcement is being made. It says here in verse 3, Then the Lord thy God will turn thy captivity and have compassion upon thee and will return and gather thee from all the nations whereunto the Lord thy God has scattered thee. With this, you go to the prophet Isaiah, to chapter 14, the prophet Isaiah, chapter 14, verse 1. Here we are told about the return 
of the children of Israel to the homeland. And let me make the statement, if you don't love the people of Israel, you can never love the God of Israel. In the first, the first time the Lord God spoke to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, he says, whosoever blesses you, yeah. I will bless, and whoever curses you, I will curse. Yeah. So please, pray for Israel. In Isaiah chapter 14, verse 1, For the Lord will have mercy on Jacob, and he will choose Israel, and set them in their own land. And the sojourners shall be joined with them, and they shall cling to the house of Jacob. Only to Jeremiah chapter 31, where it says here in verse 10, Hear the words of the Lord, O ye nations, and declare it in the coast afar off, and say, He who scattered Israel will gather him and keep him as a shepherd, does his flock Amen. and only to the prophet Ezekiel one chapter one verse Ezekiel chapter 36 verse 24 for I will take you from among the nations and gather you out of all countries and will bring you into your own land I've been to Israel 17 times just now in May, I've been there with a group of exactly 70 persons and from 142 countries, the Jews returned to the promised land. When the time for the Jews come, the Lord will not visit them in New York, not in Moscow. He will visit them in Jerusalem because that is the promise. The word of God will go forth from Jerusalem and the teachings from Mount Zion. That is the promise in Isaiah chapter 2. Therefore, to make the statement, the children of promise believe the word of promise. Amen. And by the Holy Spirit, the promise is revealed unto us. And when the time for Israel comes, they will weep and wail because God will pour out His Spirit first upon us and then upon Israel. Now we go to have the precise timing to the prophet Hosea so that you will understand the precise timing of the children of Israel to return. Hosea chapter 6 verse 1 Come, let us return unto the Lord, for He has torn and He will heal us. He has smitten and He will bind us up. Listen to the next verse. After two days, after two days will he revive us in the third day he will raise us up and we shall live in his sight Amen. let us read romans chapter 11 verse 15. romans 11 verse 15 tells us precisely that they will live in his presence romans 11:15. 15. For if the casting away of them 
be the reconciliation of the world, what shall the receiving of them be but life from the dead? They shall live after two days, after two days, one day, one thousand years, two days, two thousand years. When God gave grace to the nations, Israel was, was scattered because they missed the day of God's visitation. But now, now the Gentile church is about to miss her day of visitation. And therefore, we have to emphasize what we read seven times in Revelation chapter 2 and 3. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. Not precisely what the preacher says, but what the evangelist says, but what the Spirit says. And the Spirit always takes the Word of God. And He will never interpret the Scripture. He will just take it the way it is. Since we have already come to Romans 11, let me read. Verse 25, Romans 11, verse 25. For I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant Amen. of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own conceits. That blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness, until the fullness of the Gentiles become in. And so all Israel shall be saved and as it is written, there shall come out of Zion the deliverer and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. Let us go to Acts chapter 15. Acts chapter 15 from verse 13. The man of God by the name of, here I think it was Andrew who gave this speech after Paul had spoken and others. It says here in Acts chapter 15 verse, verse 14, Simeon has declared how God first did visit the nations to take out of them a people for his name Amen. and to this agree the words of all the prophets as it is written after this i will return and will build again the tabernacle of david Amen. going to luke chapter 21 luke chapter 21 our lord spoke to the people of israel and here we, we shall just read verse 24, Luke chapter 21, verse 24. And they shall fall by the edge of the sword, and shall be led away captive into all nations, and Jerusalem shall be trodden down by the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. Beloved brothers and sisters, since May the 14th, 1948, after 2000 years, we have begun a country called Israel. After 
2,000 years. And the Lord begs us to believe when the fig tree comes back to life Amen. again. Amen. You have to go to the Old Testament, yes. to Hosea Amen. chapter 9, Amen. verse 10, to know that the Lord God in the Old Testament spoke about Israel in the parable of the fig tree. And in the New Testament, he says, when you see the fig tree putting forth its buds, you can read it in Matthew 24, 32 and on, in Luke 21 from verse 29, and then our Lord says in this connection, Verily, verily, I say unto you, this generation shall not pass away till all things be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Beloved brothers and sisters, now we turn to Matthew, the 25th chapter, which speaks about the bridegroom about the virgins, about the foolish, about the wise. And we have to know, we have to know where we stand. And it must be true. It must not be imagination. It must be reality. Matthew 25, verse 1. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins who took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. You all know the scripture very well. In verse 10 we read, And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in uh, to the marriage, and the door was closed or shut. The big question is, are we ready? If you go back to John chapter 3, the, the man of God was preparing the way. He spoke about the bridegroom and about the bride. And now I have to tell you that Brother Branham had a direct call from the Lord. He was told on June the 11th, 1933, in the presence of about 4,000 people while he was about to baptize the 17th person into a higher river. He just raised his hands and he prayed, Lord God, as I baptize in water, would you baptize with the Holy Ghost and fire? And just then, this supernatural light came down visible, visible for about 4,000 people. I personally met some of these people in April 1966 when I was touring the USA. Beloved, from this supernatural light, the voice said, as John the Baptist forerun the first coming of Christ, you are given a message from the Word of God, Amen. which would forerun the second coming of Christ. Amen. Now, place yourself back to 1933, place yourself back to 1946. In those days, 
the Pentecostal movement was, it couldn't be counted in a percentage. There was not one percent in every nation being baptized in the Holy Spirit. But after World War II, when the Lord called Brother Branham, a revival was, was taking place as was never seen on the face of the earth. And I remember the testimony of Earl Roberts when he was sick with tuberculosis and very little hope to live. And he came into a meeting in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where Brother Branham was preaching. And God healed the man in one moment. I remember T.L. Aspon in Auckland, California, when he came into a meeting and saw the supernatural. I translated for these American evangelists. I know Maurice Cirolo. I know all these evangelists who came out of the great revival. God spearheaded by the ministry of Brother Brennan, who was actually a true man of God, sent with the word of God to the people of God to bring us back to the word of God from all traditional teachings, from all that we inherited since many hundreds of years. And let me tell you this, many people came out like in the days of Reformation. They came out from the Catholic Church but they took teachings with them from the church and the teachings were handed down and handed down up to this day. So we must make sure to come back to the Word of God. We must make sure that we're not in traditional teachings of the Roman Church, but that we, uh, that we listen to the call, ye my people, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Because at this time, there are two unitings, one uniting of all Christianity, which I said it on the 8th of May in Germany, when 175 Christian churches and denominations were represented and the crowd was, as they said, 10,000 people. And they were celebrating the uniting of Europe, which was on, the, on May the 1st, 25 nations, 555 million are now under one umbrella. And I can take you to the prophet Daniel chapter 2 and I can take maybe I should read you this one verse that at the end time at the end time it will be the last empire coming up and this is precisely what is taking place right now but it's a total uniting of politics and religion as it was already pronounced and announced in the days of the prophet Daniel just one word uh, from Daniel chapter 2 verse 40 and the fourth kingdom which is the last kingdom and the fourth kingdom shall be strong as iron for as much as iron breaks in pieces and subdues all things and as iron that breaks all these shall it break in pieces and bruise now come with me quickly to Daniel chapter 7. Daniel chapter 7. And here we shall read verse 
23. Thus he said, the fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom upon the earth which shall be diverse from all the kingdoms and shall devour and shall devour the whole earth and shall tread it down and break it in pieces. Then I take it to Daniel chapter 8 verse 25 speaking about the main person responsible for the political and the religious uniting Daniel chapter 8 verse 25 and through his policy I cannot go into details but I know a little about it don't worry and through his policy also he shall cause deceit to prosper in his hand and he shall magnify himself in his heart and listen and by peace and by peace shall destroy many should I read from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 if you wish we can read it 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and here we have it in the New Testament 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 2 for yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord, please, the day of the Lord, so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say, peace and safety, then, then sudden destruction comes upon them as travail upon a woman with child and they shall not escape. Now the peace process is going on and going on. And just before I left Germany, I'm always getting the latest news from the Vatican. Just now, on July the 5th, the negotiations between the Vatican and Israel are going to commence after a number of years. Beloved brothers and sisters, I say again, we don't have time to go into the prophetic scripture, but I'm here to tell you that no Bible prophecy is of any private interpretation. We must watch Bible prophecies as they are coming to pass. And they're coming to pass right now in, in very many different ways, even as I mentioned about Matthew 24. Our Lord was speaking about wars and rumors of wars and earthquakes. Anybody can say earthquakes have always been and wars have always been. But then when it comes to the point when you see the fig tree, the fig tree, and you see it, it's Bible prophecy fulfilled before our eyes. And we have to we have to take it seriously. You cannot continue to sleep and turn from one side to the other and maybe say that's wonderful praise the Lord let's move on no we have to understand right now when we see the fulfillment of Bible prophecies what is the message what are the promises for us it's good to see the fulfillment of promises and predictions 
with the Roman Empire, which will finally be the world empire, uh, its globalization, everybody will have to submit. If not, they will not buy and they will not sell. The scripture predicts all these things. But what about us? What about the bride, the bride church, those who wish to be ready when the Lord returns? A final message must be given to bring us back to God, to the very, very beginning, to the apostolic days, the apostolic blessings. What God did at the very beginning will be done right at the very end. Now I'm going to read to you the promise from the Old and the New Testament. And I want you to believe God's Word. Don't believe me, but believe the Word of God. In the prophet Malachi, it says in the third chapter, we mentioned it already two times, that God will send His messenger before His face. But then it says in Malachi, Chapter 4, verse 1, For behold, the day cometh that shall burn like an oven. And then verse 5 and 6, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of this great and terrible day of the Lord. If you turn to Isaiah chapter 42, verse 6, if you turn to Isaiah chapter 49 verse 6 we are now in the day of salvation Amen. in the time of grace and you take it to second corinthians chapter 6 where the apostle says this is the acceptable time this is the day of salvation but when the day of salvation ends the terrible day of the lord will be and that day will burn like an oven. It will be the day of judgment. And uh, we read about it in many places. And here it says and about the sending of the prophet Elijah. And he shall turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. And the hearts of the children to their fathers. Now, if you wish to check it with the New Testament, Luke chapter 1, verse 17, Amen. includes the first part of this verse. He would turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. The second part is now where the children of God, our hearts, are brought back to the face of our fathers at the very beginning. Now, I want you to write these scriptures down. I noted them here. I don't have a manuscript, but a few scriptures I noted. It's Isaiah 40, verse 3, Malachi 3, verse 1, Matthew 11, verse 10, Mark 1, 2 and 3, Luke 1, 17, Luke 1, 76, Luke 3, 3 and 4. And then you go to, to the other scriptures. This is always prepare, 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 prepare. Every promise in reference to the one who was to come and also came before the first coming of Christ or at the first coming of Christ, prepare, prepare, prepare. Now the second promise is restore, restore. And before giving you the scriptures, I shall read it from God's holy word. It's up to you to believe it. 
or you can reject it. It's, it's, uh, I don't force anybody to believe God's word, but I, I think that everybody who has the fear of God will believe it. Matthew 17, verse 11, And Jesus answered and said unto them, Truly Elijah shall first come and restore all things. This is the answer the Lord gave. Is it good enough for you? It's good enough for me. And if you have the answer from the lips of the Lord Jesus Christ, you don't go to anybody and say, Pastor, what do you say? You, you think it's all right? Or evangelist, what do you say? Or preacher, what do you say about this? If you believe what Jesus Christ our Lord said, that settles it. You don't need to talk with flesh and blood. It's settled forever in heaven and it's settled with you. So after the ministry of John the Baptist was long finished, our Lord said in reference to the promise of the Old Testament, Elijah truly shall first come and restore all things. Now you have to go to 1 Kings chapter 18. What did Elijah do? He gathered the 12 stones according to the 12 tribes of Israel. He rebuilt the altar. He called God's people together. He said, if the Lord is God, follow him. If God, then follow him. The decision had to be made. And the decision must be made right now. What? What is the message of the hour? It's the gathering of the teachings of the 12 apostles. Just putting things into the right place. Putting the old foundation, taking everything away and, and seeing the old foundation of which the apostle Paul says, I laid the foundation and no other foundation can be laid. Writing to the Corinthians and then he says, in Ephesians chapter 2, the, the foundation is the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. So we must turn away from all men laid foundations. Just as the people of Israel rebuilt the second temple on the precise foundations where the first temple was, so the New Testament church at the end of the time of grace must be rebuilt again on the original foundation laid at the very beginning. In every way, in every way, in teaching, in practice, in baptism, in every way. There must be a restoration of all things. Beloved brothers, if I would ask you now, that the Lord is returning. How many believe that the second coming of Christ is imminent? Of course, you don't need to raise hands. We all believe it. I, I know we all believe it. But now tell me, Every church has their own doctrines. Everybody believes what they believe and do what they do and teach what they teach. This cannot go on right to the end. And I tell you the secret. I'm not a smart man. Don't worry. But the Lord called me. You might believe this. You might not. I'm not getting paid for it. But I do have a divine commission from the Lord. 
that I must tell you these things, not in a fanatical way, but in the way to share with you God's promised word for this day. And for, for the term promise, I'd like to read two scriptures to you from Romans, the ninth chapter, Romans, the ninth chapter. Here we have, I mean, we could read a number of scriptures, but here we have the actual statement from the days of Abraham in comparison then with Isaac. Romans chapter 9, verse 8. That is, they who are the children of the flesh. These are not the children of God, but the children of promise, but the children of promise are counted as the saint. Abraham was the father of, of Ishmael, and Abraham was the father of Isaac. But the promise was only for Isaac. And because he was a promised son, he inherited all Abraham's possessions. And the rest, they just received some gifts, and they were sent away. But Isaac, it was the promised son, and he received all the inheritance of Abraham. So there are many are called and few are chosen. But the chosen ones, they are the ones who believe the promised word of God, who at this time receive whatever God promised in his word. Let me read it to you in Galatians chapter 3. Amen. Galatians chapter 3, we are told very plainly, first in the singular, about Jesus Christ being the promised seed, in Galatians chapter 3, verse 14, that the blessings of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So again, promise, promise. Even in verse 16, now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. And he says, not to seeds as of many, but as of one, and to thy seed, which is Christ. Christ the seed. The seed promised right from the very beginning. The promised seed. And then through Abraham, the promises continue. But now listen, in verse 19, in Galatians 3, Wherefore then service the law. It was added because of transgression till the seed should come to whom the promise was made. And it was ordained by angels in the hands of a mediator. You can read on about the promises. But now I show you that we are also included in Christ. In Christ. He is the Son of God. We are sons and daughters of God. He is the King. He is the High Priest. We are kings and priests. In Christ, God accepted us. And you just need to read here in Galatians chapter 4, verse 4. And when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth His Son, born by a woman made under the law. But I wish to read to you verse 29 from chapter 3. 
And if ye be in Amen. Christ, if ye be in Christ, Amen. then ye are Abraham's seed. First, Christ is the same. But if we are in Christ, ye are Abraham's seed and heirs and heirs according to the promise. Promise, 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 right from beginning to the end. Galatians chapter 4, verse 23. Amen. But he who was of the bondwoman was born after the flesh. But he of the free woman Amen. was by promise. Amen. Was by promise. Amen. And then verse 28 in chapter 4. Amen. Now we brethren as Isaac was are the children of promise. Amen. So word of promise Spirit of promise, children of promise. This goes together in harmony. On the day of Pentecost, when the Apostle Peter had to give the answer about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, he says in Acts chapter 2, verse 33. Acts chapter 2, verse 33. Therefore, being by the right hand of God, exalted and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, the promise Amen. of the Holy Spirit, He has shed forth this which ye now see and hear. Amen. Beloved, since we have come to the book of Acts, let me read to you from Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3, verse 19 to 21. Repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. With this you must go back to Isaiah chapter 28 verse 12 and then we continue with verse 20. And he shall send Jesus Christ, who before was preached unto you. Now you are coming to the subject about the return of Christ. And he shall send Jesus Christ, who was preached uh, to you before. Listen to verse 21. Whom the heaven must receive until the terms of restitution of all things which God has promised by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the time began. So this is the word of God. Before Christ can return, there has to be everything has to be brought back to its original state. If this building would collapse and it would be restored. Then after the restoration, the shape is the same, the measurements are the same, everything is the same the way it has been before. So if all things must be restored before Christ returns, there must, they must be the very same as they were at the very beginning. Don't try to make it, don't try to make it. We should only make it if God makes it with us. And without Him we should not make it. Let us summarize before we close. There were promises for the first coming of Christ. They all took place. Every word of God was fulfilled. There are promises and predictions in reference 
to the second coming of Christ. Even the things which would take place before he returns, about the great falling away, about all the things, and even as our Lord says in Matthew 24, there will be false prophets, false teachers, and false Christs, and everybody would say Christ is here, and Christ is there. Let me straight forward tell you, Christ is in His Word. And the Word of God remains forever. And the Word is the same. And we as children of promise believe the Word of promise. If not, we exclude ourselves from the fulfillment. True faith anchors into the promised Word of God. If you don't have a promise, you have imagination, but no faith. You must have a promise first. Abraham believed God. When did he believe God? When he spoke to him and gave him the promise. He believed the promise. So if you believe the promise, you believe God. If you don't believe the promise, you don't believe God. And that just it. So please accept it. Let this be the day the Lord has made. I've got no influence on God. But when the Lord called me, on April the 2nd, 1962, just at the dawning of a new day, the night was over, the sun was not yet up. I got ready for the day, and then I went to the window for the curtains, left and right, and just looked out, March, rain, 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 like on the British Isles, rain, 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 in the part where I live. And this was Monday, Monday, and I looked out and there was no cloud in the sky. It was just a blue sky, but not yet clearly seen. But the day was breaking forth. And I came back into the room and had a short prayer. And when I stood to my feet, I was looking straight to the window to once again look out. And then from the right, from where I was standing, from the right, not from the extreme right, just like this, from the right, the actual, all penetrating, all commanding voice of the Lord, saying these words, my servant, your time for this city will soon be over. I will send you to other cities to preach my word. I just collapsed. I had absolutely no strength left in my body. I just collapsed, fell over to my left and the face on the carpet. And only after some time I regained a little strength and could manage to get up. And my knees were just moving like this. I could hardly stand. And I was looking once again in the same direction towards the window and I said these words Dear Lord, they will not hear me they've got all things in plenty they are not ready to listen I just finished saying the last word when the Lord spoke the second time My servant, the time will come when they will hear you, Amen. store in food for a great famine 
is coming, then thou shalt stand amidst the people to give out the food. My testimony is just as true as the one of the Apostle Paul. When he gave his testimony, he said, the Lord spoke to him in his mother tongue, which was Hebrew. And I just have to tell you, when the Lord spoke to me, he spoke in my mother tongue in the German language. And every word was not only pronounced precisely, but spoken with emphasis. I lie not, I'll tell you the truth. And because of this direct call to the ministry, I have a great responsibility. And therefore I want you to understand even this broken down message, you know, it wasn't perfect, I know it, but I just wanted to share as many things from the Word of God with you as possible. The rest you can read in brochures and compare it with the Holy Scriptures. But I just want you to know I'm not here to waste your time. And I don't want you to waste my time. I tell you, this is God's time for God's people to return to God, to be in harmony with His Word, and to be re-established re and everything as is to be restored Amen. as we read in the Holy Scriptures. Amen. May God bless you, may he bless Amen. the dear pastor and the church, and may something happen in this area, something that has never taken place before, that the fire of God would fall, that the first love would re return, and that all would come back into the unity of the faith, where we could say, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. One baptism in water, one baptism in the Holy Spirit, because by one Spirit we're all baptized into one body. Beloved, I could come to you. I could talk about many experiences. I could take the microphone, run up and down, and show to you that, that I'm somebody. I'm not here for that purpose. I'm here for the simple, maybe great purpose, to let you know that we're at the end of the end time. Bible predictions and Bible prophecies are just fulfilled, fulfilled, fulfilled. And when the Lord would be here today, He would do like He did in Luke chapter 4. He would read from the Scriptures. And He would say, this day, this Scripture, this day, this Scripture, this day, this Scripture is fulfilled before you. Absolutely. God watches over His Word to fulfill it. God bless you and be with you. Amen. Let us stand and pray. Let us stand and pray and maybe... I could ask you to close your eyes, but open your heart. Just open your heart in the presence of God. How many, I believe, you're all saved and you all dedicated your life to the Lord. But how many would love to receive divine revelation? Not only the anointing of the Holy Spirit, but being led by the Holy Spirit into the word of truth. Our Lord said that if we are His, we hear the words of God. Amen. Beloved, we believe it. 
we receive it right now. And before we pray, would you close your eyes, open your hearts. How many wish to be ready when Christ returns? How many wish that parting what God is finally doing in restoring and outpouring His Holy Spirit just to bring us into the place and shape when nature boy to be ready when cry oh god bless you god bless you god bless you all the hands are up dear lord we just thank you from the bottom of our heart for all your blessings for all your words for the old and the new testament lord we thank you for the promises we thank you for the fulfillment of these promises Lord, I know you are in this place. You have spoken to each and every one, Lord. And now we pray together. Give us divine revelation. We're just like Peter was. We don't know things by ourselves. But let it be said, when our Lord spoke to Peter, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you but my father who is in heaven and nobody knows who the son is except the father and who the father is except the son or it be revealed to him it's divine revelation and the holy spirit gives divine revelation upon the word of god our eyes our hearts, our understanding is being opened so we can see and receive. And finally, our Lord will say, Blessed are your eyes for they see, and your ears for they hear. Lord Jesus Christ, I thank you for Calvary. You paid the price. You shed your blood. You gave your life. Lord, we are the purchase of your blood. We are yours for time and eternity. And I claim every soul present for the kingdom of God. I claim everyone present to be ready when you return. Lord Jesus, you've sent us a message of restoration. Please send the restoration in reality that all things be restored by the power of Almighty God. We just give you all the praise, the honor, and the glory in Jesus' holy name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you very much. And I also like to thank our brother Motika who, who made it possible by the grace of God to, to have me come here. And I'm grateful to have been here. God bless you, beloved brother. God bless this church and God be with you all. God bless you all. Amen. Will you pray for me as I go on? Yeah, and I'll pray for you. If I don't see you on earth, see you at that moment. God bless you.